Welcome to Eternal the Jets Digital special presentation. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLegaJet1. And I am joined to recap day number three of Jets training camp by the owner, the operator, the lead reporter, the whole shebang over at JetsInsider.com. And of course, above all of that, a very big deal, Mr. Chris Nimbley. Chris, there was a new face at training camp today, and it seemed like you couldn't get enough of him because there was a video going around of you really enjoying yourself watching Quinn and Williams talk to the media today. Yeah, I, I saw that video. I got a, I got a nice kick out of it. Uh, yeah, that, that's pretty much what I'm like around Quinn and I. I light up and uh, I, I get excited. And, you know, there's some sometimes this happens. Uh, there's like a fake media laugh type of thing. And sometimes uh, players will say something like, yeah, a little funny. And we laugh a little too hard. And part of that is just because it, we're caught off guard. We're not expecting something funny. But with Quinnen, it's just he's just such a big kid. And also, talked about this when we talked about my love for Justified. I'm just a, a sucker for the Southern draw. And he's, he's just this big kid. And, you know, he's just hilarious. But he's just, I, I don't know, man. He's just this big, innocent kid who's just, loving life and i can't get enough of it he had one line that really cracked me up when you guys were talking to him somebody asked him about working out he said he'd been working out 18 hours a day which seems to be a little much and the other thing that he said during that time frame was that he had been working out in alabama and he said he didn't need a personal trainer because he has youtube how 2019 is that yeah, I he said that, and I laughed to myself, and uh, that actually might have been right where where you see the the clip of me. Um, but I I started laughing, and my first thought was, "Damn millennials!" Even though I know he's, he's uh, <laughs> even younger than a millennial, but that was just like you know, it's sarcastic damn millennials out of me. Uh, you know, hey, if that's if that works for him, cool. Just let, Quentin, let me tell you, stay away from the flatter videos on youtube uh if, if you want to do training videos on youtube stuff fine stay away from any type of science related stuff like the is the earth flat don't go near the, those that rabbit hole on on youtube at all stay away a lot of dangerous rabbit holes on youtube and hopefully quinn williams stays away from all of them because now he's got to focus completely on training camp and a lot was going on there today Le'Veon bell got a bit of a late start at practice but there was a legitimate reason for it yeah we were all sitting there we're like where's, where's Le'Veon bell where's Le'Veon bell what's going on already and what uh, and then he comes running out uh gaze told us afterwards that he was uh, he had to take a drug test uh is, is one uh so it was his turn. It's that time of year when players have to come in and give their drug tests. So he was doing that then. He came out and he participated in practice uh, for the rest of it and, you know, looked pretty good. He had, he had one fumble. We'll get to it in a little bit. But he, he was out there looking like Le'Veon otherwise. Let's talk a little bit about Brian Poole. There was some worry. We talked about it. Your theory is that he may have failed the conditioning test. We don't know for sure exactly, but he was there today and had a pretty good practice. Yeah, if if he failed the conditioning test or there was something wrong with conditioning test, I don't know what he did, but he got himself right and in time for today. Uh, he he was he had a great day. The the corners in general and the secondary and really the defense, the offense won the day. 
But Brian Poole was the one guy on the defensive side of the ball who really stood out. He made a couple of really nice plays where uh, one was on a swing pass to Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon caught the ball, turned up field, started running. Now, he, he wasn't exactly uh, you know going full out and didn't have the ball uh, grasp too tightly. But Brian Poole had one of the cleanest punches on a football I've ever seen and just knocked it right out and watched that ball bounce away right into A.V. Williamson's hands. He did. He had another punch out a little bit later, causing another fumble. He, he did a good job against Jamison Crowder all day in coverage. One play uh, towards the sideline, he went up into the air, knocked it out, and uh, caused an incompletion there. So he, he was really impressive. And again, with the other corners not having such a good day, uh, with the defense in general getting carved up, he was the one bright spot on that defense. And with that, the quarterback group, they're going to need somebody in there that can play like pulled it today. While sports can bring us so much joy, it can also bring us a lot of unwanted stress. And that stress can make it difficult to concentrate, relax, and get decent sleep. Sunday Scaries was launched in 2017 by two best friends and business partners, Bo Schmidt and Mike Sill. They operated a full-service bar with 50 employees and were always exhausted. They tried all kinds of products, but they didn't work. Then they started experimenting with CBD. They loved the effects and regained control of their days and nights, but they wanted better CBD products. So what they did for themselves was specially formulate CBD gummies with vitamins D3 and B12 that were super consumable, easy to take on the go, and effective. Long story short, their specially formulated CBD products and vitamins helped relieve the overwhelming angst they felt on a daily basis. So in July 2017, they named the company Sunday Scaries and began sharing their products with friends and launched their online store at sundayscaries.com. With tens of thousands of customers, monthly subscribers, and a 100% money-back guarantee, Sunday Scaries has always been on a mission to transform a worrisome nation into a chill one. And right now, we have a bonus for you. Get 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Again, 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. With your host, Scott Mason. Before we get to the other cornerbacks who got torched all day, let's talk about the fact that the Eagles have an overabundance of corners, and there's been some talk that they may be looking to move one of them. I know there had been talk that they might be getting ready to ship off LeBlanc. Turned out that he's injured, but still, they have a lot of corners, and Sidney Jones could potentially be available, could be Rasul Douglas. These are guys that Joe Douglas would be familiar with, obviously, from his time in Philadelphia. Anything to the possibility that the Jets could make a phone call to Philly and check in there? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I don't understand how, uh, why not? Um, especially Joe Douglas coming from there, he knows that that deep at cornerback, he, uh, the Eagles are deeper corner at cornerback. He knows the Jets are obviously sent there and need help. Uh, he has a familiarity with them. He knows which ones he would like, which ones the Eagles might be more or less willing to give up. So, and, you know, we've talked about a, a Jalen Ramsey or a trade for one of the Viking corners. Uh, they're going to cost a lot more than anybody that they could probably get from Philadelphia. So that seems like something that would be more realistic for him. But, you know, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, I, I don't know which one they would be interested in trading, what they'd want from him. And then, obviously, again, uh, maybe Joe Douglas 
knows enough about them that he doesn't want any of those guys. We, you know, there's, there's not anything we can know that like that for sure yet. So we'll have to wait and see. But again, they will definitely be looking to upgrade the quarterback position one way or another, whether it's through trade or it's, uh, you know, the waiver wire or through uh, after the training camp cuts are made. They're definitely going to address this. And they're going to have to, based on what you saw at training camp today. We'll get into the rest of practice in a bit. But first, it really sounds like Sam Darnold, Quincy Inunua, and Robbie Anderson especially had their way all morning with Daryl Roberts and Tremaine Johnson. Yeah, we saw this a little bit in the spring. Uh, every time I, Tremaine Johnson was lined up against Robbie Anderson, Robbie just absolutely cooked him. And he did it again today. He had like a fifty, about a fifty-five yard touchdown pass, and he, he had Tremaine beat by five yards with ease before he even caught the ball. Uh, Quincy uh, had a huge day as well, and Daryl Roberts just could not handle him. Pretty much all of Quincy's work was against Daryl Roberts, and he was just too much for him. One was a, a really nice comeback where he signaled to Darnold like. Uh, you got me, I'm open, come back, and he worked his way back towards Darnold. Darnold hit him, got a touchdown, and then he did it pretty much the same exact thing on the next drive to get him within the 10-yard line. So those, uh, Quincy absolutely bullied Daryl Roberts. You know, he, he's obviously much stronger, a bigger guy than him, and Robbie definitely uh, cooked Jermaine Johnson. And that, that was just one play today, but I saw that enough in the spring that I feel like if they ran that play 10 times, Robbie would have scored a touchdown nine times. Maybe he maybe would have tripped or been out of bounds or Sam would have missed on one of them. But they would have gotten nine of them for sure. Chris, let's shift to the rest of practice. What else did you see this morning? Well, the, the, the big takeaway was really uh, the offense in general. First off, and Sam Darnold had a great day. But the, the thing that jumped out was the running backs but in the passing game. It started when Le'Veon Bell was still inside uh, doing the drug test. Ty Montgomery had a, a wheel route. He had uh, beat C.J. Mosley up the seam once. Uh, Bilal Powell in the middle of those two plays had another one up the seam, splitting two defenders, perfectly placed ball. Uh, Sam was just going to the running back in the passing game downfield early and often, and it was working. Uh, and then he started spreading it around, going on the outside to his receivers, and he mixed it a lot to the tight end. To Ryan Griffin caught a couple, and then uh, Ryan Griffin caught a couple of them, had a couple nice plays, and then uh, tight end Daniel Brown had a couple as well. He jumped out a, a couple different times, uh, and I was like, oh, he made a better play too. So there, there was a lot going on, but the ball was being spread around, and it, it was – all over the place, but he started with the, the running backs and really using, I'm not talking about swing passes or screen passes to him. There were some of those mixed in, but they were actually throwing the ball downfield to these running backs and getting big plays off and then, then to the receivers and the tight end, and it was a really clean, efficient day for this offense. 
Hey guys, this is Greg Peterson, host of the podcast Hooping with Hoops. Despite the fact that college basketball is in the offseason, it's never too early to get a jump start on taking a look at these teams because there is now 357 of them for the upcoming 2020-2021 college basketball season. I'm going to give you guys a deep dive on every last one of them, keep up with all the transfers in college basketball, and so much more. You are able to subscribe to Hooping with Hoops on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. With your host, Scott Mason. Let's talk a little bit about who spoke after practice. First, Adam Gase. He had some interesting words to say about his newest acquisition, Quinn and Williams. He said that his football IQ is off the charts. Go figure. Who would have known that, Chris? Yeah, he he was raving about him and his intelligence. And then he was, you know, somebody asked him if that, if it's the intelligence about him that really stands out and he's just kind of you know he 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 gets in the backfield a lot too like yes he is a very intelligent player and that helps him that helps him be even a a little bit step ahead but it's his athletic ability his speed quickness and his power it's all that as well combined with his intelligence that can make him a special player and Adam Gase even invoked the name of Aaron Donald talking about them, uh, you know, he's had players like Aaron Donald, they have high IQs, and combined to mash up with their absolute freak athletic ability, that's what makes them so special. You, you can be kind of oh, close to special with one or two of those traits, but when you have both of them, you're a couple steps ahead of everybody else, and that's that's really what makes players special, and that's what he sees in Quentin Williams, and I know we've talked about it, joked about it a lot. We saw it on the tape as well. And this kid's going to, you can understand real easily why Adam Gase is so enamored with him. What else did Gase have to say? Gase talked a lot about the offense, about spreading the the ball around. Uh, He was asked about if that's like, you know, their focus is to spread the ball around. And he brought up an interesting point. It's more just, it's not as much about spreading the ball around. It's about trying to figure out what the defense is trying to take away from you. And then obviously you try to figure out ways around that. And take, if they're trying to take a certain player away, you figure out ways to get him open anyway. But then if they're trying to take a, a certain thing away, then all right, cool, go ahead, take that away. We're going to go over here. We're going to do this. He, did that. he talked about that. He also talked a, a lot about Greg Williams' defense about how just versatile and uh, how how much it changes, how how hard it is to know what he's doing on any given play. He, he does so many different things. He's so multiple, tries different uh, coverages and different rushes that it keeps him on his toes. And then he joked again with uh, Quinn and Williams and his high IQ about how sometimes Quinn seems like he knows what's coming and he kind of jokes around with him about that. And then he said, there's a couple of other players who do that as well. Uh, he didn't specifically say Leonard Williams, but it, it definitely felt like Leonard Williams based on the way that everything else he was saying. Uh, he said that a lot of players, you know, kind of bust his chops a little bit because they're saying, Hey, yeah, we, we know you, we played you for a while. So we know you, we know what you like to do. Uh, but he just that's the importance of having the high IQ players with the athletic ability as well. Hey guys, Greg Peterson here with the Baseball Betting Podcast. As we know, the MLB season is back in our lives. It's going to be a 60-game sprint 
unlike anything that we've ever seen before. And I'm going to be giving you picks every single day, seven days a week with Major League Baseball. We're also going to be keeping up with the KBO as well. If you like baseball and you like being able to make some money, subscribe to the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. With your host, Scott Mason. Chris, let's talk about the other players who spoke to the media. You already talked about Quentin Williams, but if there's anything that you left out before, feel free to add it. Also, Quincy Anunwa, Kelvin Beecham, Jamal Adams, and Tremaine Johnson. What did those guys have to say? Yeah, Tremaine Johnson, uh, he was asked about uh, the perception that the cornerback group is weak right now. And he had an interesting reaction. He, He said he hadn't heard that. And he said he certainly doesn't see himself as weak, and he doesn't see himself, uh, you know, the rest of the guys as weak. But, you know, we know what it is here. Tremaine didn't have a, a good year last year, and that's really the driving force behind this perception that the Jets quarterback is weak, group is weak, because the number one quarterback had a really bad last year, and a lot of people think he's, he's washed, or at least well past his prime. So that's the driving, uh, uh, driving force behind it. And uh, what do you want him to say? He's not going to come out here and say, yeah, I'm washed. So it makes sense that he wouldn't think that. But it's interesting he said that. He hadn't heard that at all. He he said he has faith and he believes in his guys. Um, you know, But it's obviously Daryl Roberts doesn't have a lot of starting experience he's played some here and there but he was mostly in a you know a backup role Brian Poole has some as well inside but not a lot too so it's an inexperienced group at least but he says he has a lot of faith in, a, in that group and he says they're a bunch of playmakers he, he pointed out Brian Poole's performance today he's leaning on his history as a playmaker and he thinks that Daryl Roberts can be that as well so that uh, that's that's what he went with um, Jamal talked. It was, it was a funny interaction there too with Jamal. He asked a similar question, uh, but it was phrased with the uh, the younger guys. And Jamal was like, "Wait a second, uh, I'm still a young guy in this secondary here, um, partially because he is a young player uh, for being in third year here. But Daniel Roberts isn't exactly young. Tremaine Johnson obviously isn't young." Another thing is those those two, Tremaine Johnson and Jamal Adams, uh, Tremaine talked about it, that they've become really good friends, that they've developed a really strong relationship off the field. And you can see that during practice, too. They come off the field. They're always talking with each other. They're going over plays. They're cracking jokes. So they've developed a really strong bond off the field. Quincy Nunwa talked about just the offense overall, his feel for the offense. He, he likes everything that they're doing so far. Likes the way that uh, Jason Willick, again, back to the spreading around thing. He's not trying to force things here. He's having all the players do different things. We've heard, we talked about how Gase wants to open things up for Robbie Anderson so he's not pigeonholed. And he wants to do that for everybody else as well. Um, and then yeah, he talked about uh, his injury history and if he's really going to try to change his playing style. And he said, you know, he, he, he is and he isn't because it's kind of just instincts, and he's got to learn to be a little bit smarter because his instincts are just every time he gets the ball to try to score. 
but he's got to look at it more sometimes. Sometimes just uh, getting the first down and getting to the next play should be considered a score as well. So depending on it, but it doesn't really sound like he trusts himself to be able to really fight that off too much. He, he's gonna, he said he, if he's going to get go out, he wants to go out swinging, basically. He doesn't want to end up like, you know, petering out of the league because all of a sudden he changed his playing style and he started trying to avoid hits and everything. He'd rather go down with swinging, go down with the hits and just be like, yeah, it's football, this happened. So that, that, that was uh, pretty much the bulk of it for the day. Play like a Jet. Play like a Jet. With your host, Scott Mason. Any injuries? Anybody limp off? Anything like that? Uh, nothing. Nothing. That, for a second, I thought there might have been something with Quincy, but they were just ended up stretching him out, and they were doing, uh, once I saw Robbie Anderson join and doing the same type of stretches about 10 seconds into it, I was like, all right, there's nothing to see here. So th- there wasn't anything, uh, at least not that we noticed right away uh, from today's practice. So, Chris, I got to ask this question because this was the hot topic on Twitter this afternoon. Do you now love Adam Gase more than Quinton Williams or Quinton Williams more than Adam Gase? Because Adam Gase has made your life easier, but Quinton Williams is somebody who you seem to enjoy at all times. So how does the pecking order shake out right now in the very big deal rankings? First of all, I have plenty of love to go around. There doesn't need to pick one. There doesn't just need to be one. There's plenty of love to go around for everybody. But I love Adam Gase specifically for one reason, these early morning practices and to keep me out of the absolute hottest parts of the day. That's also really only going to be like a two-week thing where that really matters because it's really just the first couple weeks of training camp where that matters. After that, yeah, it's, it's not going to really help me out that much. So in these two weeks, and th- this is super important, a, a, to get the day over early with, and B, to keep me out of the heat and the hottest part of the day. But the quitting, it's just everything about quitting. So, I, I mean, and that's going to carry on throughout the season. I'm just going, he makes me smile. He's infectious. That attitude is infectious. And, uh, yeah, and that's going to last longer. I, I'll say that. I love them both equally because I love anybody that's going to keep me out the heat. But in a couple of weeks, that Quinn love is going to last, and that's going to last a lot longer. Last thing I wanted to ask you before we go, and I can't believe I forgot to ask this about practice. When the defense was having trouble, specifically the defensive backs, what was Greg Williams' reaction? Because I can only imagine – yeah, you know, actually, it's, it's interesting because I, I made a mental note of this. I was like, hey, Greg's been actually kind of quiet the last couple of days. He was really loud in minicamp, but he was quiet the last couple of days, which is interesting. He didn't look happy. That's, I'll tell you that. There was a couple of times when I saw plays and I looked over to see his reaction, and he, he, he didn't have great favorable reactions. But he wasn't yelling and screaming. He wasn't making a huge scene. But he definitely wasn't happy. You could tell that he was uh, physically annoyed. Anything out of the ordinary that you noticed, Chris? Because I know yesterday the big story was Blake Cashman getting a lot more snaps than people anticipated. Anybody get a little more playing time than you expected? Yeah, today was Harvey Lange, uh outside linebacker. He was getting a lot of a lot of first team reps. 
which was a little surprising. Uh, and, you know, he, he looked pretty, pretty good coming off the edge uh, real quick, uh, flying off there. So that was nice to see, but uh, it was definitely a little bit of a surprise. I'm, I'm wondering if they're just, you know, just doing throwing guys in there some type of rotation to get a look with all, a lot of these other guys in the linebacker group. But uh, he got a lot of snaps with the first team there, so uh, it was definitely interesting. Heinz Ward is in a picture on the Jets' website in Jets gear. I knew that he was going to be one of the interns this summer because we talked about this, but scale of 1 to 10, seeing it on the field, how weird was it? Uh, 764,000 billion <laughs> dude, uh, infinite, times infinity weird. And it, it's, I mean, how could it not be weird? Um, uh, this is actually an observation from yesterday that I didn't get to, though. It was, I did, we did see Calvin Pace and Jabirkashaw Ferguson out on the field, uh, doing, taking some notes and scouting uh, some of the players there. So that was interesting as well. It was funny why the offensive line guys were doing some, some drills with their, with their coach, Frank Pollock. Uh, you could, Rick was sitting there watching and he's just going through like, you know, like the, People do shadow boxing with boxing. He was doing that, but with offensive line moves. <laughs> so that that was real fun and interesting to see. And then Brooke also lost a lot of weight too. He, he looked more like, you know, like a, a three spot player in the NBA now. A retired three guard, uh, a small forward instead of uh, a big offensive lineman. That actually happens more often than you would think. Look at Mark Schlereth, right? Didn't he play at close to three hundred pounds, and now he's like two hundred ten. Yeah, no, it happens a lot. I, I've seen it. I, I saw it with Brandon Moore. We ran into around me after he retired, and I didn't I didn't notice him at first. And then I was standing in line behind him, and I was like, oh, wait, Brandon? Uh, I saw it with him. We've, we've seen it with a lot of uh, Jeff Saturday. There's a whole bunch of a long list of guys that that happens with uh, with the offensive line. And some of that is just – I think they're they're just unhealthy, just eating, eating, and eating when they're players to keep that weight on. And then the second they retire, they can just let that go. Certainly seems that way with some of these guys. I'm curious to see a picture of the Brickishaw Ferguson slim down. I haven't seen it yet, but it is definitely weird to see Heinz Ward in Jets gear. Never would have pictured him in anything but Steelers gear, but hopefully... The Steelers' loss is the Jets' gain, and we will see just how hands-on he gets as camp continues, and it will continue tomorrow. Chris, we will have plenty of coverage then as well, and you also have coverage over at JetsInsider.com, where you've got a write-up right now, right? Yeah, we've got an article up from today's practice. I got a little bit bit of library content I'm building right now because, you know, weekend in the summer, uh, I, I figured right now uh, I can wait, get that out during the next week, but I'll have a bunch more content coming, but definitely a, 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 an overview of practice today and more stuff coming on the way. And obviously we'll have uh, an overview of practice tomorrow and Sunday as well. And if I know your deputy editor, Alan Schechter, I'm betting that he's chomping at the mouth right now to write some stuff over the weekend since I believe he's coming to training camp, right? Yeah, he will be out there tomorrow, so he'll get a good look through, uh, at the practice and the Jets himself. And then, obviously, you'll be able to read what he has to say and what he thinks of what he saw out there, too. So he'll get a, a slightly different perspective uh, coming up this weekend. Go ahead and join Chris and Allen at training camp 
if you can. If not, don't worry. We've got you covered because we are going to have recaps of every single practice throughout training camp. The next one will be coming tomorrow. Chris, thanks so much for coming on. Follow him on Twitter at CNimbly and at Jets Insider. Follow Alan Schechter at Alan underscore Schechter. That's S-C-H-E-C-H-T-E-R. Read Chris's very big deal work and Alan's work as well over at JetsInsider.com. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts, you know where to go. That's Turn on the Jets Digital and TurnOnTheJets.com.